edition of Bavarian Podcast Works. This is Chuck Smith, and I'm here to bring you the warm-up BFW's weekly show, where we hit on all the latest and greatest news and opinions regarding the German national team and Bayern Munich every week. Man, and if you have been following Bayern Munich over the last six to seven days, you have been in for a major snooze fest. The Bavarians have not looked great. It has been, man, it has been pretty tough to watch. And, and I'm someone who thrives and loves watching sports. I can watch just about anything, but Bayern Munich has tested my patience over the last two matches, a one nil victory over FC Köln and a nil nil draw against FC Copenhagen in the champions league. And it has completely made me sour on the past week because I just cannot stand watching a team play a lifeless style, one without energy, one without urgency. If you listen to my reaction on the post game show, I was really down about the effort. I was down about how the players approached the game. And I and still, I give credit to Copenhagen for what they did and how they were able to play across both legs of that tie. But Bayern Munich has to be better. They, they need to figure out whatever the malaise is that's going on in that squad. And, and we will talk about this. Uh, they need to get it sorted because it's just not looking good. Granted, they're not losing games. But it's just not looking how it should at this point in the season under Thomas Tuchel. Uh, if you also get a chance, you can check out our preview show uh, detailing our thoughts on Bayern Munich versus Union Berlin this weekend, the big Bundesliga match where hopefully we see Bayern Munich break out. But back to the weekend warm up here, we are going to spend some time talking about whatever funk Bayern Munich is in at this point. Let's let's just examine some reasons why things like this might be happening. Now, I'm not overreacting. I'm not saying the season's going in the toilet. I'm not saying that this is awful. It's brutal. The team's going to fold. No, watching it is awful for sure. But the team is still very talented. The team is still in second place at the Bundesliga, and they did win their Champions League group. So this is not the time to say, you know, woe is me. The sky is falling. No. It's just been painful to watch. And as a viewer and as a fan, you want to be entertained. And the last thing Bayern Munich has been in the last two matches is entertaining. But why? Why are they looking so choppy in their attack? Why can they not complete passes in the final third moving forward? Why are they playing such an, a, a, a style that is lacks energy and lacks urgency? Why, 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 why? And I have some thoughts on, on perhaps why things are going this way. I mean, first and foremost, you get down when you start talking about this topic. You find yourself in the middle, if you're like me, between hashtag Tuchel out and the Tuchel maniacs, right? Because there are some people who just want Tuchel out no matter what. And I, frankly, I understand some of that. I do. I get the frustration with him. I think he's mishandled personnel situations. I don't always agree with his tactics. I don't like how he manages the players and communicates at all. I think he uses the media in a bad way to send messages to players. There's a lot of things I don't like about Tuchel. What I do like is the bottom line that he is winning games. And it hasn't always been wins, right? Last season, he scuffled when he took over for Julian Nagelsmann. He couldn't really sort out how to make that team work. Now he's getting the results for the most part, but it just doesn't look good all the time. So 
why? Why? Just like we said, why are we going through this? You get caught between those people who hate Tuchel or just want him out and those people that defend him to, to their death, really, at this point. And I, again, I'm in the middle on this because I don't like a lot about him, but then there are things that I do like. And again, that mostly revolves around the fact he's winning games. Uh, He does do some things tactically and strategically that are advantageous for Bayern and that give them the edge over some of their opponents. So both sides of that argument, they have their legitimacy and reasons why they they feel the way they do about Tuchel. But I think more than any of that and more than Tuchel's influence over this team, there are factors like the team is tired. This is a squad full of internationals. They are racking up minutes and they are not just for their clubs, but for their countries. And and sure, I do think Tuchel could do a better job of managing that. And we have talked ad nauseum about his lack of subs versus FC Colm last week. Unacceptable in my eyes, especially when Tuchel had already talked about how tired his team was and how they needed a break to go out and do that. And, and no matter what excuse he puts out there, it was a message in my mind to the bench players. So then he gave the bench players an opportunity this week. They didn't make good on it. So whatever, no matter what side of that argument you're on, you're not looking good because either way, Tuchel should be resting guys at some point. And then he also should be, you know, judging players on their performance. So again, we're caught in the middle of this anti-Tuchel and pro-Tuchel tug of war. But the minutes are adding up for these players. And I do think Tuchel could do a little bit better job of managing them. Players like Yeshua Kimmich, he will run himself into the ground. And Tuchel has been a coach that has not been afraid to bench Kimmich or take him out of games, unlike some others in the past. I mean, Kimmich still wields a, a huge hammer, so to speak, at Bayern Munich. And, and he doesn't mind throwing it around. And I know a lot of you are going to take what I just said the wrong way. And if this was one of those shows where they clip things out, that would absolutely be a statement that gets played in a clip uh, forever. But either way, enough about Kimmich's hammer. We're talking about how Kimmich and coaches have been scared to, to, to bench him. And Tuchel has done well with that for the most part. But Kimmich will run himself into the ground. Kim Min-Jay, Diupa Makano. They are very similar to Kimmich in the fact that they will, they're like a dog. When you throw a dog a ball, they will typically chase it and chase it and chase it until they wear themselves out. You have several players like that. Leon Goretzka, you could say the same thing, except Goretzka typically ends up getting hurt when he's used too much. Kim Kimmich is, is a is a guy who doesn't know what's best for himself at times. And we've talked about that a lot on this show many, many times. It, it's Kimmich just does this. So Tuchel being able to, to do that with Kimmich, he should be able to do this more with other players. Harry Kane right now looks tired. Leroy Sané looks like he could be dipping into a rut. Now, hopefully Sané doesn't have an extended rut like we've seen in the past. Serge Gnabry, we've all been through his roller coasters. Luckily, He's been, this sounds terrible. So luckily he's been down a little bit because he's been injured. So his legs might not be as worn down as others. Kingsley Coman looks like he needs a break. This team in general, to me, looks tired. Alfonso Davies, someone who you would almost never think needs a break, given the way that he can run. He looks tired. So this team right now, in my mind, is tired. And that's why we're seeing such uneven play up and down the pitch now defensively the team's been pretty good midfield i think has been pretty good but the attack is where it's really suffered and they've been suffering because of the the heavy minutes logged by those players and also because teams are now using the tactic to sit deep have that low block and force Bayern munich to try and get creative to beat them 
when you're facing that, you need movement, you need precision on your passes, you need creative runs. Byron has had none of that. And and as I've said, I think the wear and tear on this team and how much they've been used, not just for club, but for country, it has taken its toll. But the lack of energy and urgency that we saw against Copenhagen was a little bit troubling for me because Harry Kane is great. Harry Kane has been great since he has come to Bayern Munich. There's literally almost nothing bad you could say about the guy. He's been a model transfer in so many ways. But he looks like he needs a break. And I think being tired, it made his performance bad against Copenhagen. His movement was terrible. He was visibly frustrated, which I touched on in the post-game show. These are all things that that happen when players are are worn. And for Tuchel to continue to lean on these players and, and use the same ones over and over again, I think it's a mistake, not just now, and it's not just the results that we're seeing. But as we get further down the line this season, knowing that you have tournaments coming up in January where you're going to lose key players that are representing their countries in Africa and Asia, it's not a great situation. I think rotation is key. And even if Tuchel isn't completely comfortable with some of the options that he has, I think he's, he has to use them. He has to be, he has to convince himself that these players, whether he believes it or not, can go out and do the job because in the end they can scuffle. Now they can scuffle in January, but when we get to March, April, May, that, that period, you want to be in your top form. You want to be fresh. And I know injuries have played a role. Matthijs Delict being injured right now is killing Tuchel's ability to rest his defenders. And I mean, in fact, like it's, it's almost like they have to get hurt to get some days off. Like Kim and Jay has a, a hip issue apparently. So now Leon Goretzka is dropping back to play center back. None of this is ideal, but I, if I'm going to, to point any blame or point my finger at Tuchel on anything, he does need to rotate better. He does need to rest his key players more. He needs to keep them fresh. So, yes, I do believe there's a little bit of blame that could be put toward Tuchel. But I want to say regarding the players, and I've gotten hit on this a few times because I tend to be one of the people more critical of the players at BFW. Uh, And listen, it's always easy to blame the coach. And, And frankly, I've definitely been someone who has blamed coaches for things. I blamed Tuchel for the collapse last year. I believe he had a negative impact on the team. He made some poor decisions. I don't think... He built good relationships last year right off the bat, and I think some of that is carried over. But either way, the players have to start to own the team. It can't be the coach's team forever. It has to be the player's team. And the sooner that the Bayern Munich locker room decides they're going to own this season, that they are going to determine how much energy and urgency they play with, and they're not going to have it dictated to them by Tuchel, or at least feel like it's being dictated by Tuchel, how much energy they can play with. They're going to have to own it. And and I don't put fault on Tuchel for this because the players need to take accountability. Harry Kane can't just loaf through a game like he did on Wednesday. Thomas Muller can't say he wants to play more and then not be impactful when he's out there. It's same for Matisse Tell. We've loved what we've seen out of Matisse Tell, correct? Like we're all pretty much unanimous on that one thing that Tell has been very good this season. He's starting to slide a little bit. Defenses are starting to adjust to him. But if he wants to play more, he has to produce. Being an attacker in football is a thankless job in some ways, not in your paycheck. But if you're not producing, 
the loyalty just isn't going to be there. And when you see this attack and you see that Leroy Sané has been very productive, Harry Kane's been very productive, those two are almost always going to start because of it. So it only leaves spots for Coman, Gnabry, Muller, Tell, Chubomoting. It leaves two spots for that. J- Jamal Musiala, who we haven't even talked about, for all those players competing for two spots for the most part. They need to decide, no matter who is out there, they're going to bring that energy. Sané can't go through one of his funks. Harry Kane can't have another listless performance like he did. And if it sounds harsh and like I'm bashing Kane, I'm not, but he's got to be better than that. Just like Sané is going to have to be better than he's looked of late. This team can't get anywhere if it's going to play like it is. They'll sure they will continue to rack up wins in, in, in what is a very weak Bundesliga this year. I thought this would be a banner year for the league, but in fact, those teams from like 10 down or nine or eight down, they're pretty much terrible. I mean, this is a four or five club league at this point, uh, which is very disappointing because I thought the club, had, I mean, the league had made some very good strides in balancing itself out, even though Bayern was still sitting at top everything. The league had become much more balanced in terms of every week, you know, you had decent teams at least. Now it seems like they all kind of stink. I know that sounds terrible to say, but I think it's it's true at this point. This is a very top-heavy league. And Bayern Munich will continue to get those wins just because of that. But they're going to need to be better to get what they really want, which is a Champions League. And it's not going to be easy. There are definitely some issues. There are definitely things in the attack that are cause for concern. It can look so good some days and so poor others. I don't worry as much about the midfield. I know that's more of a worry for some of you out there. You you are concerned about Goretzka and Kimmich. I'm really not. I think they've done a fine job this season. There'll be another midfielder for sure added. In January, uh, how that affects things actually could could either spike things to a new level in terms of good play, or it could become a total distraction and create more issues. It's very volatile on this roster, if you haven't noticed. Uh, Defensively, I think Bayern's in a good spot. I think when Matthijs De Ligt comes back, there will be a natural three-man rotation, although I do feel, and this is one of the things I fault Tuchel for I do feel like there are players he doesn't have a use for and would like to shepherd out the door I think Delict is one of them I, I honestly still feel the same way about Gretzka and Muller like he wants the three of them gone but um it's you know obviously very tough to uh prove that uh but I just in judging how he's handled those three players I think Muller Goretzka and Delict are all three that Tuchel could do without. But either way, when Delict comes back, he's going to provide an extra layer of protection there on the defense. Right back position, Mizrahi's been good. He's sick right now, but he's been good. You also have Limer, who's been decent for the most part there. You have Franz Kratzig, who supplies a little bit of depth. You have Alexander Pavlovich, who is in the midfield providing depth right now. There are good options on this roster. And for Tuchel to get the most out of this team, to keep their energy level up. I think he's going to have to get more confident in using those players. Uh, maybe not all at once, but mixing them in here and there and getting his, his key players, the players that he views as, as ones that he needs to have on the pitch in key games his champagne 11, so to speak, he's got to do a better job of, of mixing them in some rest. 
but the players also have to be held accountable for it. And they have to own this. Like I said, they have to take this season and they have to drive it from here. They can't rely on Tuchel. They can't wait for his tactics to bail them out. They have to own it and they have to own their performances. And the fact that one of the things that I did like about what we heard after the Copenhagen match was that Thomas Muller was unhappy with how the team played. Manuel Neuer was unhappy. Leon Goretzka spoke about it as well. I mean, sure, Tuchel did, but the coach is always going to be happy, unhappy in those instances. It was good to hear the players take that ownership, but now they need to start changing. How they do that, I don't know. But they need to, they do need to take control of the season and make it about them and put the weight on their shoulders and not on Tuchel's. Tuchel is a good coach. I know some of you disagree with that. He's a good coach, but he's not going to be a coach that pushes them, powers them over the top. This is going to have to be player driven. So the, the sooner that they realize this is their season and not Tuchel's, that Tuchel's not the focal point of the season the better for everyone. This has to be a player-driven team, and that starts with taking accountability for how poorly they've played of late. Now, again, we're only in November. There's a long way to go. But this team has such great potential, they can't continue to just really just saunter through these games and 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 think that in the end, you know, something's just going to work out. I mean, they were very fortunate against FC Cone to be able to pull that game out. So I need to see more from the players. Tuchel is what he is. He's not going to change much at this point. You know what you're getting out of him, but the players need to be better. Bottom line, is Tuchel ball or Tuchelnomics, whatever you want to call it, he he he's going to to tinker and toy with some things, not quite as much as Julian Nagelsmann, but he's going to to make some slight and subtle changes over the course of the season. Maybe not with personnel, but with his tactics. And surely he has proven to be a pretty good tactical coach. But until the team, until the locker room starts to to really own it, it's going to be like this. It's going to be up and down. I am very disappointed in, in, in the performances, and it's easy to blame that on the coach. And surely there's something there where I don't think the players and the coach are connected and on the same page. I don't think that they're all honestly in line in thinking the same way i think there's definitely some heat between tuchel and some players and that always has an effect no matter what anyone says but the players have to get past that uh tuchel's a volatile person he is someone who is going to push buttons he's going to use the media and that's not something that that all players respond to can create animosity and and i think that that's partly what's going on but players got to get over that they have to push through it if they're as good as we all think they are they're going to have to really drive this train they're going to have to take it right into the champions league in the latter stages where they're going to run into real madrid or manchester city and they're going to have to be ready and able to take them on at that time right now it does not seem like this team is is equipped to do that all season, I've had Bayern as the number three team, as my number three favorite to win the Champions League. If I had to give you an idea now on where that's at, as sacrilegious as it might sound, Arsenal might be slightly ahead of them. I mean, in my eyes, Bayern still has the edge, but I could see why some people now could be pushing Arsenal to be that number three seed, so to speak. Uh, Bayern still, 
in my eyes is better, but this team needs to get it together. And I don't think it will, it will fully get to where it wants to be unless the players take way more ownership than they have so far. So I want to see more from the players. Tell me what you think about that. Is Tuchel the person you're pointing the finger at, or is it the players who should be taking the heat for the lack of good performances? And, and again, this is a, a lull, a slump. They could come out and beat Union Berlin by five this weekend. And none of us would probably be shocked, but I think we all do want to see more. And I think we, in the end, we want to see if they get the opportunity to take on a Real Madrid or a Man City, we want it to come down to the players on the pitch and not the coach. You want the players to own it. You want the players to be the focal point of all that. So that's where I want things to go. That's what I want to see. Uh, it's not been pretty lately. And if you want examples of how I feel after games, listen to the last two post-game shows because a lot of uh, reaction to, to those efforts. Uh, we'll take a quick break right now, and then we're going to come back and talk about Florian Verts and Bayern Munich's interest in him and, and how that is going to play out. Uh, my opinion on Verts might not be exactly what you think it is. So uh, we'll hit on that in just a bit. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. This is Chuck Smith. Welcome back to the Weekend Warm-Up Podcast. Thanks for listening to that opening part of the show where we talked about why Bayern Munich is struggling and who's to blame for it. Is it the coach or is it the players? Of course, if you listen to me, I'm putting more of the heat on the players at this point. I need them to, to really take ownership and be accountable for how this team performs. The coach can't always dictate how a team plays. The players just have to be better. And this is coming from someone who's not necessarily a fan of Tuchel being a, uh, a coach at Bayern Munich. I honestly am not a massive fan of Tuchel's, but uh, I, I don't think he's the biggest problem right now. I think it's the players, honestly. And one way to solve an issue like that is to incorporate new players into the mix. And some of the latest news that we saw this week is that Florian Verts is more interested in a transfer to Bayern Munich than perhaps Liverpool or Man City or Real Madrid or FC Barcelona or Arsenal or any of those other teams that have been linked to him in the past. And that to me was not fully shocking. Now, we did also see that that the Verts' father came out and he is sort of denying that there's any imminent thoughts of Florian moving to Bayern Munich or that he wants a move that he's fully focused on Bayer Leverkusen, which is perfectly natural for a dad who is, I believe, also acting as an advisor in some capacity or an agent uh, to take that stance and to get that out there. So I think it makes sense. Leverkusen's having such a tremendous season. You don't want to take away or be a distraction. I'm pretty sure that that's what Verts is thinking at this point. But when it comes down to what his next step is, and with a contract that runs through 2028, it's probably a couple of years away from happening. Whatever his next move will be is going to be a key one, because as we've seen with players like Kai Havertz and Timo Werner and some others that have chosen to go abroad, they're not quite ready for everything that that entails. Regardless of how you feel about the talent level of some of those players that have made that move abroad, some of those German players that are that have left at a young age, it's very difficult on and off the field. And I'm not saying that the Germans can't compete in the Premier League or La Liga or anything like that, but it's a cultural adjustment. It's a language adjustment. It's a lot to absorb. And for players who are at that stage of their career thought to have potential or be good at that point, 
doesn't always necessarily mean you're going to be able to have that same kind of success when you change everything about your environment from your team to your teammates, to your coach, to your off the field behavior. I think we all remember uh, Timo Werner talking about eating, uh, I think it was spaghetti with ketchup on it. Like that was one of his meals, I believe his breakfast while living in England, like clearly was having some trouble adjusting to uh, just the cuisine. So, so it, it's not always easy. So when we saw the reports say that Florian Verts would prefer a move to Bayern, that wasn't all that shocking. What is shocking at least to me, and I can't believe I actually feel this way, is that I don't know that I'm interested in Verts if I'm Bayern Munich. Now, there are some things about Verts that that they don't necessarily send up red flags, but they are concerning. So you look at him and right away you say, all right, well, he's an attacking midfielder, plays the same position as Jamal Musiala. Instant conflict, right? Sure. And you could definitely go that route, although you would say that a good coach would be able to find a way to make both players work together and be on the field together. You could change the formation. You could slightly change positioning for one of the players. Musiala has been a great wing in his career. Verts has played some wing as well, not as much as Musiala. I don't think Musiala is going back there. Either way, you have options. You know, you also, when it comes to Musiala, have the transfer rumors surrounding him as well, where he could move on at any point. And then if you did have Verts, you have your built-in replacement for that. So there, it does make sense on a lot of levels, but for Verts, as good as he's been in Bundesliga play and playing for Leverkusen, I can't get the images out of my head of how really just unsure, unconfident he looks for Germany. And that has, it stuck with me. Like he, he's so, you see his talent. And when you watch him play for Leverkusen, he does a leap off the screen. Like he is someone, when he gets the ball on his foot, you're like, damn, that kid is good. And he, he, he strikes you right away. But with Germany, I, I'm not seeing the same player. And that does worry me because in my mind, an underrated thing about players in, in their careers is their comfort level and their comfort zone. Florian Verts is extremely comfortable in playing at Bayer Leverkusen. He has everything there that he needs. He is comfortable with his coach. He's comfortable with his teammates. That level of comfort allows him to be more successful. Playing for Germany, there's a little bit more competition. There's a lot more uncertainty. He's playing for a coach that undoubtedly knows he's talented, but is not getting anything out of him. And I think you could say the same thing about, about Hansi Flick. Flick and Julian Nagelsmann alike have not been able to unlock that cheat code for Florian Wirtz with the German national team. You ask yourself why, and to me, it always comes back to that comfort level. So when we think about that, we think about how Wirtz, good he looks at Leverkusen, I do worry that any disruption to his comfort zone is going to have an adverse effect, because I think we do see that with Germany. I think that's one of the reasons that that Wirtz just hasn't been as successful or as impactful as he is for Leverkusen. Leverkusen has something great right now. They have Zami Alonso, who is a, con a coach who is absolutely connecting with that group. They've made some very smart acquisitions that have bolstered the squad and have filled vital, vital parts that, that I think have absolutely contributed to why this team has turned things around the way they have. But at the core of all of that, the core of their success is Florian Verts. He is the young, dynamic star who is headlining just about every game for them. 
So why wouldn't I want that kid at Bayern Munich? And I'm not saying I wouldn't eventually come around to it. And there is plenty of time for it to happen because I don't expect him to move before 2026 or maybe 2025. But I think 2026 is more realistic. I, I just don't think Verts is a player who's going to be able to operate under those bright lights under such a big change and taking on the weight of having a club pay nine figures for him, plus pay him a very, very hefty salary. I'm not sure he's got the mentality to handle all of that off the field. I think his mentality on the pitch is good. I think he holds every key skill that you would want out of a player. And I, I think he is not a weak person mentally by any means, but he's comfortable. He likes where he's at. He's having a lot of success there. And even though the natural inclination for a lot of players is to move on and go to a bigger club, I'm not sure that he's quite ready yet. We have to remember this kid is just 20 years old. And I would say the same thing about Jamal Musiala. I mean, for Musiala to make that move from Chelsea to Bayern, that took a lot of gumption. It, it, it was taking a chance on yourself and believing in yourself. And it's worked out great for him. And, and you listen, when, when Musiala, when he eventually makes his move away from Bayern Munich, that pressure is going to be on him as well. How does How is he going to handle that pressure this time around? In all honesty, when Musiala made the move from Chelsea to Bayern, there was no pressure. There was no, no one was expecting the kind of impact Musiala to, that he made when he, when he ultimately transferred over. Like, I think there was some speculation and some people thought he is a good player who could potentially come in and be very impactful, but not as quickly as he did. That was a meteoric rise through Bayern's organization. Florian Verts at roughly the same age as Musiala, to me, I think it's just too early for him to make that big club move. I think if I'm Verts, I'm definitely riding out this contract a little longer, maybe toward the end, maybe even until 2027, just because he's building up his brand. He's building up his game. He's really refining those parts of his game that he needs to get better at. And he's able to do that at Leverkusen. Newsflash, you don't get that opportunity at Bayern Munich because you're either performing to the best of your ability for the most part, or you're getting taken off the pitch. Now we've seen some players get stuck in the lineup because coach favors them. But for the most part, if you're not producing, you're going to find yourself on the bench pretty quickly at Bayern Munich. And I worry that having that positional competition between Musiala and Verts, the kind of mental effect it could have on him if he doesn't win the job. And consequently, if the coach at the time, whether it's Tuchel or someone else, doesn't put together a formation where they can use Verts as a starter. What happens to a kid when you've been the best on a team, a good team, and then you suddenly make a change, you get more money, you have the weight of a nine-figure transfer hanging over you, and then you can't even start. I do worry about that. And I think one of the things that always affects me when I look at a young player's transfer possibilities is how does it affect them long-term? How do they adapt if things don't work out. And I think when you look at examples like Kai Havertz, you see a player who had boundless potential, someone who was so well thought of at that point before he jumped from Leverkusen to Chelsea. 
But in the end, that move probably did more damage, not just to his reputation, which it certainly has, but to his own ability to reach his potential. I think that it did some damage. And it's just funny because part of that damage was done under Tuchel. Uh, even though Havertz did have the Champions League winning goal, he scuffled so much that first year, as did Timo Werner, uh, that the, the respective confidence for both of those players took such a hit. I mean, you're still talking about them trying to build it back years later. And it's not been easy. And I think when I look at Verts, I see all of that potential. And I think, do I want to see that potential risked? Do I want to see the potential for something to go badly happen to a kid like that? Uh, and in the end, sports, you're, you're gambling on yourself if you're a player. You, you're looking at your own situation, how you can maximize it financially, how you can get the best out of your athleticism, how you can capitalize on all of it together. And undoubtedly, Verts is going to want to push himself to the highest level to be on the best team. And one way to do that is to go to Bayern Munich. Is it the right move for him? I'm leaning toward no at this point. The longer this goes on, the more of a yes I'm likely to become. But I don't want to see Florian Verts next summer. I don't want to see him in 2025. I think he's got to continue to build and he's got to continue to grow as a player, work on his game, get his his ment- the mental part of the game for him. Get it to the point where he can go to a bigger club, absorb that responsibility and not have the weight of that affect him. And that's what I want to see. I think too often we're we're all trying to run before we can walk or we can crawl, right? I think there were some good analogies about that. Uh, from Clay Davis to uh, a Stringer Bell on the wire, right? Like the faucet and all of it, right? Like we we heard that whole situation in season three of how Stringer Bell was trying to legitimize his business, uh, except he was getting in the bed with the biggest crook of them all, right? So um, spoiler alert, sorry about that. But if you haven't seen the wire, definitely go back and check that out. Either way, uh, I worry with Verts that we all want too much for him at this point that thinking that just moving to Bayern is the next logical step for him is just a little bit premature. Uh, There's no rush for him. And that's, I think, why he did sign that deal through 2028, because he wants to give himself the option to move when he feels ready. And if I'm Verts, I'm his dad, which I guess I'm old enough to be, I'm definitely old enough to be his dad. How sad is that? But uh, I'd advise him to take it slow figure out what he really wants, figure out what he needs to to work on to ensure that whatever his next move is, it's the right one. And that his game is in the right place to be able to be a massive contributor and to take on all of the expectations that will be there for him. Well, listen, I look at a conceivable attacking group that includes both Verts and Jamal Musiala. And I think that's pretty damn special. It could be. But I also think it could be something where you you have a coach, and whether that's Tuchel or not, it doesn't matter, who can't find a way to find to use those two talents together. And then you're put in an either-or scenario, and it's it's maddening to think that it could end up like that. But we've seen it too many times before. It doesn't always work out like fans want it to work out. There's no easy way to move people. I mean, we see it right now with Jamal Musiala. I mean, Musiala is a kid who I still think is a better wing than attacking midfielder. But Musiala's got some kind of control right now, and he's exerting it to play 
attacking midfield. And, and whether that's the right move or not, I don't know. What I do know is that when I watched him play as a wing, I thought he was far more effective, far more free, and was suffering far less physically out on the wing than he does at attacking midfield. Doesn't mean he can't eventually get there, but it just means that he's probably not willing to move there anytime soon, especially to clear room for a peer like Florian Verts. So I, I don't know how the situation plays out with Verts. I think I'd like to see him sit this one out a little bit longer, continue to get better at Leverkusen. And when he's ready and he feels he's ready and he can make that jump and take on all that responsibility financially and on the field, then make it. I just don't want to see him do it too early. And I would say the same thing about Musiala's next move. I don't agree with everything that's going on surrounding Musiala right now. But one thing that I can say is he has great talent, but we've seen his dips too. We've seen him struggle mightily after the World Cup last year. He's a player who also needs to improve some things about his game before he takes his next big step. Otherwise, you become that player who was great as a youngster who never made the necessary adaptations to evolve and to become a great, great player. Say the same thing about Alfonso Davies, in fact. Musiala, Davies, Verts, they're all kind of in the same spot where they need to be very, very sure about their next move because what their next move will do is determine how the next part of the, each of their legacies plays out. And I think all three of those players are great players. I think they all have potential to be all-time great players. But how they manage the next few years is going to be key. And, and for, for Davies, I honestly think moving on is probably the right move for him. Whereas with Musiala, I think staying put would benefit him, as I do with Florian Burtz. I think they both should stay put for a little while longer. But Davies, I think he needs a new spark. I don't think he's getting what he needs out of Bayern Munich at this point. I think he wants to move on. And uh, if he needs a new challenge to, to help him take his game to the next level, great. Then maybe he should pursue that. Doesn't mean he's going to get there. He has to first show the willingness to change, which he has not done so far. Either way, uh, Florian Burtz, I'm not in favor of that move going down in the summer of 24 or 25, I want to see a little bit more. And that's mostly because I want him to be able to have the time to make those improvements and adjustments that he needs. So that'll about wrap up this week's edition of the weekend Warm Up podcast. I appreciate you guys hanging in. As I said on our preview show, you know, we did make some adjustments to the schedule based on the fact that, uh, you know, we've gotten some feedback. That you guys like having the show separate. Uh, the preview, the post game, the weekend warm up, the flagship. So we're trying our best to maintain that. There may be some instances where it's just not possible because of the timing. And this is certainly a litmus test for us because we will have three podcasts dropping within 24 hours. So, you know, we'll take a look at how things go. We'll observe the feedback that you guys give us. And, uh, you know, we'll continue to evolve and adjust ourselves from here. We are the Florian Verts of podcasts, although that might be thinking a little bit too much of ourselves at this point. I know that's just a joke, but uh, I appreciate everyone listening and uh, all the support that you guys give. As always, you can get me at the Barrel Blog on Twitter. You can get the site at Bavarian FB Works. You can get our tweet, Meister Tom Adams at Tommy Adams 71. 
Uh, you can get I Need No Name at BFWINNN, and you can get Siler at CYL3R. We should have some new podcasters joining up, and uh, you should hear some new voices coming soon. We're trying to get some of our writers ramped up into podcasting, so we will hopefully have that up and coming for you guys so you don't have to always listen to me. I know that probably kills you if you turn on some podcast and hear my voice, but uh, those of you who do enjoy it, I appreciate it. So uh, have a great weekend. Enjoy the match. Uh, check out BFW for all the great coverage we're going to have. And uh, listen, it's it's going to be a, a fun game this weekend against Union Berlin, hopefully. And hopefully it's a spot where we see Bayern Munich break out of this funk. I know I'm looking forward to that. Have a couple of beers on me. We'll see you next time.